listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. Welcome everyone to Ice Prep Podcast. We're back on video, Pat. Yeah, I did my hair for this. <laughs> I pulled my I hair back into a ponytail because it's yeah, ridiculously well... long. Yeah, that, that still blows my mind. You you were never the ponytail type of human. And then... And then I couldn't get my hair cut for a while, and I just decided to let it grow, because why not? Right, yeah. Um, so since we last talked, obviously, uh, first round was still going on. Uh, five game sevens on the horizon, and only one home team lost. Um, I'm sure everybody knows which home team that was. The, the streak continued there for the Leafs. Um, and then here's how fast things go. Uh, yeah, like there's already another series done. Tampa getting the sweep. Actually, I think we had partially talked about all of that on the last one. I think the series mm-hmm. they had just started. Um, so obviously Bolts getting the sweep, which, uh, the second that Tampa took both on the road, I think that was so obvious that, Florida was not going to get a, a win. Yeah, no, that was that was dominant. Um, Tampa just and they didn't even have Braden, uh, Braden Point. Like they just showed once again why they won the last two cups and why, like in my opinion, they're probably going to win this cup as well. They are going to three-peat. I feel like as long as they can stay as healthy as they currently are, and Vasilevsky keeps doing Vasilevsky things, no one can touch him. Yeah, Nobody he, can. He, uh, I think it's the second biggest difference in um, uh, save percentage from one series to another all time because he was ridiculously bad in the Leaf series until Game 7, which... The Leafs are the first team uh, ever in basically all of their cup runs to score a goal on a series clinching game for Tampa against Vasilevsky, which is ridiculous. Uh, what he put up? It was like a 980, something like that against Florida. Like the team that just put up the most amount of goals throughout the regular season just could not find a way and a big part of it was definitely like you watch Florida or not Florida Tampa play every shot they're diving in front of and blocking and oh my god and so many shot blocks like how are you supposed to get the puck on net so the only pucks that were getting through to Vasilevsky were garbage shots yeah because like, there's no and that is what they were finally able to do in game seven against the Leafs like watching back some of the highlights every single time Matthews went to take a shot they would just like crowd in front of them. So it didn't matter. And I don't know if Carolina or the Rangers have the players and the capability to play around the shot blocking like that. No, I don't think so. Um, I sincerely don't think New York will even remotely stand a chance. If they make it through, Shesterkin going to stand on his head and it doesn't matter. Like, even if he plays the best hockey he has ever played in his entire life, it would not matter. No. Like, um, because he needs somebody on the team to score. And 
I don't know. I don't know about you, but that Panarin contract is, is <laughs> like if I were to compare the Panarin contract to the Matthews contract, we both know who has like who has a better return on investment. Plain and simple, Panarin's contract is it's an overpayment in my opinion. Um, Which is crazy because when it first happened, it was like, hey, that okay, maybe a slight overpayment, and everybody was looking at Kirill Kaprizov being like, huh, huh. and mm-hmm. now that one is looking to be not obvious there's there's no contract in the nhl quite like dry sidles like mckinnon his is very good but his next one is going to probably i wonder if it's going to match Makar or if it will be a little bit higher it's so tough to say Mm. um but like crazy and yeah so tampa they're they're waiting uh as we're recording this it's the third period game five right now Carolina is up 2-1 against the Rangers. Carolina is undefeated at home so far in these playoffs. and But they've also not won any games on the road. Yes, it's like, figure that, it's, yeah, (laughs) as long as they have home ice advantage throughout, I guess they're fine. And because they are first in, the Metro, I believe they would still get home ice advantage against Tampa um, just because of the seating. I think I don't think the points come into play in that one. I think it still goes by uh, Metro one is better than Atlantic three. Ooh. So I guess that's the one thing. Um, but then Tampa still hasn't been beaten in back to back games since they got swept. So good luck, Carolina, on that one, I guess. Um, but obviously, Whichever team comes out of that series, they still have to win two more games. Um, I yeah, I don't know. Like, I think what I'm really hoping to happen is that Carolina makes it to the finals, and they somehow lose. What would it be? Twelve games? No, it would oh, be to go the most uh, the most 15? amount of wins and losses possible. Literally every single one of their series goes to game seven, every single one, and they win it in the seventh game. And just like, oh boy, would that be fun? Uh, I would love 16 12 overall record. That's so much hockey. That's so much hockey. (laughs) And here's the crazy part I don't think a single Carolina player would have more points than McDavid by that point with 26 games of hockey. Yeah, at the rate that he's rolling, 28, whatever it is. Yeah, like his his point per game numbers are stupid. It's uh, like everybody uh, was like, it, it, you can't sustain what uh, McDry did during the regular season, and they're like, want to see us do it in the playoffs? Because they're like, I don't know what is going on. Uh, I know we're bouncing all over the place here, but like that because the Battle of Alberta uh, of Alberta series. Uh, I think everybody thought this was going to be reversed, that it was going to be the Flames of 3-1 at this point. A hundred percent. Calgary doesn't even look like they're in the series. Ever since the Oilers got that deficit in game one, it looked like they were going to run away with it, uh, Calgary. And then since then, it's been all Oilers. Like Markstrom is playing like he plays for the New Jersey Devils at this point. (laughs) Um I mean, and everybody's like, well, if they had Tanev, it'd be different. Tanev's not going to stop Kane from being a goal a game player from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, McDavid, if he gets another two-point game tonight, 
He will tie Gretzky. He's currently tied, like, they're doing things nobody has ever done. Um, or it hasn't been done since the 80s, which isn't supposed to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I I saw a stat uh, today that I think it was Dom Lecision, maybe. I can't remember who who posted it, and if I'm if it's not him, I apologize. Um, but more or less, he, he put up a stat that compared NBA players and hockey players when it comes to playoff performance and how important it is to have a star on the team, or at least like one person that just does all of the things. And this is like the only time in hockey really, at least in the past probably 20 years, that one player has been able to dictate the game as much as McDavid has. And it was like semi-comparable to basketball, which just doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It was um, Dom Lecision from The Athletic. Yeah. Um, it is ridiculous. Uh, playoff McDavid is 2.1 times better than the average top three player. Yeah which is ridiculous. Like that's not supposed to happen in the playoffs. That's not um, supposed to happen in hockey. No. And, it, and <laughs> the thing is like, I'm, I'm wondering, so this is the one thing for, for years that has been talked about. McDavid needed someone who could think the game as fast as he could and could be at the places. And I don't think, Anybody expected it to be Evander Kane. I think everybody thought it was going to be Zach Hyman, part, maybe potentially. Even Dreisaitl struggles to keep up with him sometimes. It seems like Kane is just, he's kind of figured out where he needs to go. Just like how the best players figured out, get to certain spots, Gretzky will get you the puck, and you're going to pot up goals. And that is what is happening. Like, Kane, he's, he's I, making I honestly... his next contract worth a lot, un- Unless, who knows, if the Oilers go to the cup final, he may decide to re-sign for a lower amount just because he's like, we could do this again. Yeah. Um, this is going to sound weird, but I don't care. Um, Fair enough. I This isn't, no, he doesn't deserve any form of redemption story. And I'm um, not saying he does. The, the way that NHL and NHLPA handle things is as well as they handled the Kyle Beach situation. Or and that is CHL. Holy crap, poorly. Um, they just were like, yeah, we did an investigation using a person that was clearly not going to do the investigation properly. And we didn't see anything go wrong with what he did. He has. There's evidence. There's things out there. And sure, call me whatever you want. I don't care. Um, it's nothing against the Oilers. Not at all. This is all 100% him. I don't care if he's doing well. I don't like seeing abusers getting this platform and being celebrated. Um, He never should have been able to play again, but instead they're like, ah, but the past is the past. Just like they did with Tony D'Angelo, like they've done with Max Domi even, which are both are on Carolina. So that probably speaks a bit of volumes there. Like all of these hockey players that have been given second chances for – Something they haven't even atoned for in any way. Like that one's still ongoing. Yeah. So here, here's NHL showing all these, you know, look at how good he is. And it's just like, yeah, but yeah, he's an abuser. He's done horrible things and you're just cool with it. You're just like, ah, but he's good at hockey. So who cares? Right? No, I, 
I don't want to put any praise on that name. He is playing hockey well right now, but um, I really don't want them to go much further, um, not because of Edmonton itself, but because of them. That has really soured me on that team, just like Tony D'Angelo on the Canes. I was a big fan of the Canes. I thought what they were doing, you and I both actually agreed that what they were doing was really fantastic online. They really created a unique community within hockey. They really were the spur of how hockey Twitter kind of took off with their crazy antics and then Twitter jumping on. Like that was such a linchpin that thing. And then they bring in Tony D'Angelo as a replacement for Dougie Hamilton, which no. Um, (laughs) And it's just, it just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like seeing them out there. I don't like the thought of them skating on the ice and having a target because now that's a diversion and they're like using them as a way to distract in certain situations to cause these issues, to cause people getting mad because they've done something awful. And that that doesn't sit well with me. I I when I can 100% agree with you on that. And that's you can see just with the playoffs and the excitement. I know that that is a thing. It it's it escaped from me with all of yeah. that going on, which then yeah, like I, and I get that, and it's because we've talked about this. The Oilers have been my second team, so there's kind mm-hmm. of that the the blind spot there for that. And I'll be honest, I completely didn't realize. Yeah. No. And again, like I, I'm I'm not going to come at any person i'm not that type of person i'm not a blues fan um <laughs> that's small let's we let's it is let's, a small let's go for the next one heavy topic to the next <laughs> of, of fans every here's the thing as disgusting as this is uh every fan base for probably every major sports team has them it just so happens these ones um did it to a player whose wife doesn't care and that well she obviously cares but she put them on blast by putting their names out there on social media and something that I heard I can't remember where it was and I completely agree with it those are probably the ones that weren't that weren't as bad and that weren't given to the police so Mm -hmm. that's probably the light stuff that his cat's Instagram account was getting well, not only was it his cat's Instagram account, it was obviously his Instagram account. It was the Nazem Kadri Foundation, the charity that he helped uh, create, was getting hate mail. Um, it was ridiculous. And it's all over a pretty cut and dry, not his fault. And this is the part that really frustrates me. Obviously, we've now pivoted from Edmonton over to to this Kadri situation. Um it really bothers me quite a bit how much the blinders are up on the blues fans. They will like, at least on Twitter, which is a cesspool I'm aware. And it's filled with probably the worst takes in the world, but it's because it's a thought machine. It's just like, this is what I'm thinking right now. Send. Um, But they will not accept the fact that this was just a hockey play. There was nothing malicious. There was somebody did showed like the skates, the way they were turned, the way ever like they broke it down. 
using just like science, really, just the overall like mechanics of momentum and prove that he was going one way. Callie Rosen bumped into him and they crashed into the net and injured Jordan Bennington. This was a hockey play. This happens. It happened in, I think it was the New York game or was it the Tampa game? I don't know. But there was a play. Uh, no, it was the Tampa game. I believe it was Sorelli went into Bobrovsky and like hit him hard into the net. Like the net went off. Bobrovsky went flying. Same and... thing happened. Was it game six of Toronto Tampa? And everybody was wondering if Campbell was going to come back. It happens. It just so happened this time there was the injury. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. But like throughout a regular season that is a weekly occurrence and it's just one of those fluke incidents where there is an injury that he just can't come back and fl- uh, play with because of it and the the thing Colorado's with, been on the opposite side of that multiple yeah. times and in the, the thing playoffs with, the thing with Twitter that I will kind of come back against you on with this is that typically the loudest people Oh, yeah. Their stuff spreads the most because you get angry at it. So what do you do? You quote tweet it or you retweet it to basically be like, this guy's an idiot, which then makes it spread. So you see it more on your timeline. And then the fans that are not for that, that are saying, hey, it was a hockey play. Let's just have good hockey Their Their stuff gets buried. It's the same thing in the news. Like everybody gravitates towards the bad flashy headlines and then the good I, stuff it's like eh, who, who cares like even if you look at some of the reddit threads you've got on even in the blue subreddit it was very bad at first but now you can see there's a big divide in that fan base online that is like those guys are idiots don't they don't represent us and you even had kadri mention something like that he's like not all your fans are like that but mm-hmm. i'm just saying that at least when it comes to the visual standard of going into Colorado posts, going into St. Louis blues posts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit, there is a large amount of blues fans that are blaming Kadri and calling for his head and saying it was deliberate and all these things and how malicious it was and how dangerous it was and all of these things. And then Lucic runs into Mike Smith (laughs) Yeah, that one was so so much worse. And where where's his head calling? Where where's calling for him to get injured on the ice? Where is I know Smith wasn't injured, but shouldn't it be almost the same? Why why aren't they calling for him still to get penalized? Because they'll say it's history. Lucci's has a history. So want, what is it then? Do you want the honest answer or the hockey answer? The honest answer is it's racism field. Yeah, it's it's because Kadri isn't white. It end of story. And like, there are a lot of expletives right now that are just sitting on the tip of my tongue that I would just love to scream. I've been wanting to scream about this for since the moment I started seeing those tweets coming out. But and that's why the the best thing that can happen is on game six, which is tomorrow night. The Blues get shut up at home. I hope so. I really wanted them to get shut out last game. Um, But I I do want to say one thing, one last thing on this is the way that Kadri handled the situation was exactly how you, how a person who has grown handles the situation. He goes out and he scores a friggin' hat trick and then also gets an assist. So he ends up with four points. And you know what, to me stood out most out of all of that is how David Perron decided 
that he was going to try and take Kadri's head off with an elbow after he scored a goal. It wasn't, uh, oh, he was going for the check, you know. No, the puck was in the net. Kat and Perron then started doing the movement when Kadri was celebrating to try and hit him in the head. It he also did that awful look. cross check. He, David Perron is, I just, how is nobody talking? How is nobody calling for that? How like shouldn't there he be? Got a, he got um, a five thousand dollar fine for the cross check. That was it. What did he do? It, this but is like, this is something we've talked about time and again. Is that when you have the Department of Player Safety, who is run by a former player that had over a thousand penalty minutes in his career, they have the same staffers that have been working there forever. Nothing's gonna change. This is this no. they've shown with. All of the stuff in the playoffs with Jared Spurgeon cross-checking to the uh, Achilles Buchnevich. of Buchnevich that they're like, it's just hockey. We don't care. And, hey, the owners decided we want five more years of this, which sucks as fans that this is this is what we have to deal with. And it's just it's what at what point do we say, oh, wait, like. There's there's some similarities to what's going on in the world right now. At what point do we stand up and say this isn't right that all these people are not only getting death threats just simply because they're playing hockey. They have to increase security in the arena and in the hotel because the the city of St. Louis knows where Kadri is staying and they're worried that he's going to get hurt or worse. In the NHL, all they can do is put out a tweet like that. That's that's the message and that's the thought from the top down is that they don't seem to care, honestly. And Kadri is a legitimate star in the league. He has that. But I think for a lot of people, they look at it as, well, he's been suspended, what, three of the last four playoffs he's been a part of or three of the last three. So all even, even if you don't put religion as a part of this, they just see it that way. And you have to remember, when you get to the playoffs, the amount of bandwagon fans, the amount of fans that don't watch hockey that just come in and they see a play like that, they're not honestly smart enough to realize because they see one person, one analyst, or the announcer, if they're watching a home one, or the Homer radio broadcast, and then that's that's their thought. They don't have one of their own, and it just spreads. And it doesn't help that Craig Berube gets asked about it, about the, the literal threats, nothing. and his answer was no comment on that. Oh, but I mean, if you ask a person who said racist comments in the past, what are your thought about these racist comments? He's probably going to go, oh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't es know. Especially since it was dug up that back when he was a player in the 90s, he was either fined or suspended for uh, a racial incident in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So, hey, and you know, Bennington making racist comments on Twitter and then while sitting in the breast box, deleting them from his Twitter because <laughs> he got called out on it. And it's it's one of those things like, yes, he was younger, but that still means that that was a part of his upbringing. That is a part of the mentality that he had. And he didn't delete them until it was literally national attention. So he didn't care enough until what other, it was going to come back in his face. What other players has he swung a hockey stick at? Not and threatened quite a few. 
Uh, well, maybe not to the same amount as uh, there's there's a little Kadri. bit different there because yeah, there is the history that they can literally pull up involving this. Um, as I said, I honestly hope that the Blues get shut out. Kadri scores another hat trick in St. Louis. Uh, it'd be a great way to end uh, St. Louis's season. And funny enough, there's a fair chunk of the St. Louis fan base that is kind of loudly wanting something like that after everything that's happened they don't feel like their team deserves to move on especially with the way that some of their players have been acting on the ice towards Kadri during all of this so Mm -hmm. I mean and here's the disgusting part second that this series is over if Colorado wins it goes away if the Blues win it goes away Mm -hmm. it only becomes a story again if Kadri continues to be very good or if he has a slide in the playoffs and then I can already tell you the narrative's going to be well he's clearly rattled because of all of this going on and it'll come back up again and I it's so easy to predict which is sad and honestly it's uh something that I saw from TSN's Rick Westhead that if this was in the UK those people would be held accountable there was mm-hmm. a teenager that was sent to jail because of essentially hate tweets that he sent out to a, was it a Man U player or a Man City yeah. player um, in Canada? They go, ah, hopefully, they get, hopefully, they, hopefully they get bored. Just try not to let it get to you. In the U.S., they go, what's that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, there's no good anything from this no um it it was literally a hockey play and then there was one that was so much worse from a player that has done this in the past and literally uh derailed a nhl team and they're still trying to recover from it buffalo has not been the same since uh lucic just absolutely destroyed miller um mm-hmm. at least he held up on smith that's uh, there's there's that but um if, Anyways. if it's if it's a script, <laughs> if it's a if it's a perfect script, Colorado wins it in St. Louis after St. Louis has that comeback just to give hope and then take it away. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, and obviously, there's no way to easily segue out of this. All I want to say is, at least uh, on the Avalanche game, I'll do my quick little take on it. They played sloppy last night against St. Louis, and that was really the reason they lost. The only reason that it was close. Um, in the third was because of McKinnon willing that that game into his favor. My goodness, that goal. Uh, I so thought the first, the se- I thought his second goal was fantastic. And then he did something that I was just, like, I literally, I scared my wife because I shouted expletives so loud. <laughs> um, so I'm currently working hours that are not as pleasant as what I normally work. So I was asleep before this game even started. So I wake up just after 3 a.m., look at my phone, and I basically, the three messages that I have from you describe the game so perfectly. Um, And I'm pretty sure the one that you sent at 917 was probably that McKinnon goal. And then I can tell when overtime ends. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, whoo. Yeah, like 
was if McKinnon's gonna play like that, if he's finally found that gear that he's had in the past, then that's scary because basically St. Louis threw everything they could at uh, Kadri and Makar, and McKinnon was able to step up. So, and if yeah, who knows? Maybe they're watching Tampa's tapes to be like, you block every puck that comes near, because. Uh, they gave up way too many high danger chances and that's how you stop them. So, yeah, no. And I mean, the defense looked a bit sloppy. There was definitely some plays that I was like, Ooh, Ooh, what are you doing? Like, I don't know hockey to that extent, but even I know you don't do that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Kemper, as much as I think he's a really good goaltender, he truly is a very good goaltender. He didn't look good. Um, I'm wondering if there's potentially a nagging injury or something. Cause he just did not, he wasn't moving the way he did. He's done in the past. He doesn't seem as fluid. I would not be surprised that after whenever Colorado's season comes to an end, whether it's in this uh, round, if it's in next round or in the finals, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that uh, Kemper was battling something because he just he seems off. Or it could just be fingers crossed. He's just battling an illness and it's enough that he can still play and it's affecting him. That is hopefully best case scenario in that. Um, just a, a quick update on the game that's happening right now. We were talking about it before. The uh, 2-2 series tied Carolina and New York. Carolina's now got the 3-1 lead in that game. Um, Good for So them. I guess that, that home ice advantage coming in strong yet again. Um, neither team stands a chance against Tampa. No. And the longer this series goes on, the worse it actually is for the winner of this series, because that's more chance that Braden point returns and that those bruises from all those block shots start to de-welt a little bit on Tampa. They like, I know teams have been trying to model themselves after Tampa. Nobody block shots like they do. And I wonder if we're going to see that being a major part of the playoffs next year, or even like yeah. teams adapting to it this year. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if it's going to be a, an increase of fake shots and on the other side, the more teams blocking more and just like you'll see thicker padding on legs or whatever is possible for them to to try and block it a bit more, uh, more skate guards maybe. Um, but yeah, no, their shot blocking is unmatched. And if you just take a simple shot, it's not going to go through. And that's what a lot of teams kind of bank on. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like shots getting deflected in front or the like odd bounce you can't see. Not everybody is going to score an Anderson goal from their own dot against the goalie <laughs> on the opposite side of the ice. Um, uh, for those that, that haven't seen that. And here's the <laughs> Markstrom is so lucky that happens because honestly, I think his goalie gaffe was bigger than Mike Smith giving up a goal from like a hundred feet away. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even particularly blame Smith on it. He didn't see the puck get shot, and then a person, his own player skated in front of the path of the puck, and they're wearing dark blue. That's hard to to follow the puck on it, the it dark was, blue from a distance. A perfect. Like, a laser. It was, it was um, so <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is a few years ago, Leafs playing the Devils it wasn't all the way there. It was basically at center ice. Same thing happened, except it deflected it off Subban, of two Devils right? players. No, it, it literally like deflected off two players and Devils goaltender didn't see it. Mike Smith 
like last second and he must have heard somebody yell but like that is one of the craziest goals i've seen that is not just like oh my god look at what this player did and like honestly i think markstrom's was so much worse because that was what like 20 odd seconds into the game he goes to play the puck which he's usually pretty good at and boop, it's like he passed it to the oilers to be like here Take the lead in the Battle of Alberta where you're giving me an under 900 save percentage right now. I cannot believe how many goaltender screw-ups that we have seen this season. Is it like, is there something that they've laced their Gatorade bottles with? <laughs> is like, it like the reverse no of excuse? baseball where they change the baseball and people can't get home runs anymore that they like... The goalie sticks, it, they just can't handle the puck as well. They've got, like, different tape where the puck bounces weird. Can we also just say that why Why would you remove the exciting part of baseball? Why would you say there's too many home... Who's, who, who in their right mind was just like, people are having too much fun? We want the home run derby to have six as the winner. Yeah, we, we <laughs> you know... We don't want any records broken here. And it's just like, why would you why would you do that? That will get changed, by the way. It's I, gotta, I, I'm pretty a... sure that is in the works because Dumb players move. were like, the balls are so spongy. What like talk about a complete aside, but yeah, because I've been watching a bit more baseball this year because the Jays started good and then they weren't as good. Um, but as per usual. Hey, no at normally April is their worst month of the year. And then True. they try and play catch up this time. They've started great. And now hopefully they can just coast along enough to then. And there's more playoff spots. So they stand a better chance of making it in this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, as it stands right now, the time we're recording this at national anthems might be happening any moment in Calgary. Uh, game five about to take place. Uh, if you're watching, obviously, you can see the Oilers do have the three one series lead in this right now. Um Markstrom is getting eaten alive. Uh, the Flames defense and offense is getting eaten alive. So much for that best five on five line in hockey of Gaudreau, Lindholm and Kachuk. Um, what happened there? Because they can't handle the first two lines of the Oilers at all. Honestly, it makes me so happy to see. And it's because... I've always doubted that line. They were performing as the best line, period. Like anybody can ar try and argue otherwise, but they were. I would love to say that Landis Gall, Grant, Nin, and McKinnon were the best line, but they were rarely even paired together this uh, this season. Calgary's line was fan-freaking-tastic throughout the season. And the whole time I was like, I don't see it. I know that statistically they are, but I just can't. They just, uh, I don't trust Kachuk. I don't trust Goudreau. Lindholm, I mean, he's been great for fantasy when I've done that. <laughs> and I, I have a soft spot simply for that reason. But I just, I don't trust consistency from Kachuk and Goudreau. And I've said I don't trust consistency from Goudreau for multiple episodes on this podcast. And this is satisfying to see because I am right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but it's true. He's not been consistent. He's showing that he doesn't deserve that contract. Maybe this contract. Maybe yeah, like a little and, bit and of, he's like, in a contract year too. So like he was set to make bank off of the regular season. Uh, I 
think that Klingberg in the first round got under his skin so much, he is still struggling to get it back. And like the Flames in general, the least amount of goals they have given up is four in this series. Uh, yeah, obviously they scored nine goals in one game, but they've scored three, one, and three since. That is not, you're not going to outscore the Oilers if no. you're putting up one, two, three goals. Unless Markstrom remembers how to play hockey and goes back to being the shutout leader, the, this series is over tonight. Like I, I would be blown away if we saw another game from this, uh, from the series. Yeah, it's I'm I'm excited to wake up at like three thirty to see what the final score of this one was, because um, it I I want to see McDavid uh, tie that Gretzky streak of games in a row of multiple points, um, and who knows like. The only reason why I want to see this go longer than five games is so that McDavid and Dreisaitl have more games to try and get closer and closer to setting and breaking new points records in the playoffs. I mean, at this rate, they probably don't even need to. Um, he already but... McDavid already has more points than what? What is it like four or five of the last Con Smythe winners in the last ten years? Like, that is an unreal performance. We are honestly seeing what is probably, for our age group, the best playoff performance we will ever see in our lives. And, it, like, there's no comparison. And unfortunately for Dreisaitl, he's doing it too, but he's got McDavid in front of him. Until next year. Yeah, if they make the, the points. playoffs. The points, yes. Not <laughs> not Dreisaitl in Edmonton. I, I feel like... Maybe if they still had their old GM in there, then Drysaddle will be traded away. But because <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh, we need Taylor Hall back. Jordan Everly, he's a replacement for Drysaddle. Let's do that." If they didn't, could you imagine the lineup if they didn't get rid of Jordan Everly for literally cents on the dollar? That would have been that is scary yeah. to think. Like just looking at the stats in this series right now, it is like. The power play for Calgary uh, overall in the the playoffs, they're one of the worst teams. I mean, their their penalty kills doing all right, but like, don't look at Colorado's penalty kill. Oh. <laughs> Is it that bad? Oh. Okay, I gotta I gotta go take a look at that quick. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Um, I, mean, I know, like they're they're twelfth of sixteen. So there's that. I mean, Florida it's... was Florida. Uh, if it'll make you feel better, so penalty kill percent for uh, Colorado is seventy point eight. I mean, in that series of Avalanche and Blues, that is the one and two power play team. So there, there is kind of that happening. The one thing is, uh, it, oh, it's going to be fun to try and find Florida right now. Is I think their penalty kill was in the like sixty percent, and their. Um, so I have it on my phone, so okay. I can go through it. So when you look at the 16 teams, 16 whole teams that uh, made it to the playoffs, they're in the bottom, yeah, from 10 to 16, there's only one team left in the playoffs, and that is Colorado. <laughs> so 10th place was Toronto, 11th Florida, 12th Colorado, 13th Minnesota, 14th Pittsburgh, 15th Los Angeles, 16th Nashville. 
Then it's Carolina, New York, St. Louis. So, uh, Washington, they had 100%. Good for them. That's, uh, I'm pretty sure, didn't Florida only get one power play goal in all of their games? Yep. It's, isn't it like 3% or something like that, if I remember correctly? Something stupid, terrible like that. Like that. And, yeah, yeah, it's, Florida was, yeah, um, we we kind of talked about Florida, but we really didn't. I'm going to pull it up on the screen for anybody watching. Um, the uh, Ben Sherratt trade might go down as one of the worst trades that we've seen at the trade deadline in a long, long time. Um, he basically hurt the team more than he helped them every single time he was on the ice, and he cost them a first-round draft pick. Uh, yeah. Montreal... That is the heist of the century. Like Montreal has got three first round picks this year. Obviously they've got the first overall pick and a year where nobody knows what the draft is going to be like. They, this could end up being one of those years where they get hit after hit after hit and they bounce back. Like what Tampa did a few years ago, they had Mm -hmm. their, they had the first and second overall pick. The one year was Stamkos. The other year was Hedman. And then they started getting players later on. And look at them now. And I know it's so like Ben Chirot on paper sounded great, but I'm wondering if it was Ben Chirot and it wasn't just him. It was the ability to play the way that he could play with his partner. And I'm wondering if that was the case is they were like, look at how good he is. And it's like, he's good because his, defensive partner allows him to play that way was he playing I, with Sherratt or, um sorry not Sherratt uh Petrie I honestly I, I, I yeah know. okay it's Montreal <laughs> I don't follow anything Montreal sorry all Montreal fans I don't um but yeah like I'm wondering if that was a bit of the situation because a lot of the times like you look at like I mean Zach Hyman is a bad example, but like, that's what people were assuming. It was like, he's only good because he's paired with these players. Turns out he's just a good player. Um, gasp. Um, but I'm wondering if Sherrod, if that was the situation, his pairing was good enough. It's kind of like you have a person that can activate you. You have a person that can defend, you know, things like that. But I did also see Jay fresh. All yeah, of his this, is, this is what uh, brought it to me. Cause then somebody asked him about Brett Kulak and he's like, he's, doing all right for the Oilers (laughs) yeah no uh so yeah Brett Kulak also gone but over to the Oilers and he's doing okay nothing groundbreaking but he wasn't brought in to be a first round pick groundbreaking type of trade so (laughs) he is Uh, an asset whereas Sherratt wasn't an asset he wasn't a liability um I think Jay Fresh his phrasing was he was there he was on the ice <laughs> which like, is in the playoffs that's not what you want from somebody you acquired for a first round pick um at any point that's not what you want not even just the playoffs you don't want a person that's just like yeah he has skates on uh <laughs> he showed up today like physically not not on the he's he's, he's here did he do anything ah, he's, uh, uh, like that shouldn't be that's that should never be a way that you describe a player that is on your team with incoherent <laughs> you know no uh, 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 qu- 
quick quick update. Canes did end up getting the uh, 3-1 win in that game, so they are now the 3-2 series lead going back to New York uh, where they have not managed to win outside of home, so who knows, maybe the streak ends or they go back to rally for another Game 7 and maybe Carolina's the team that ends up going 16-12 and 12 to win the Cup. God, that'd be funny. That'd be so funny. That would also what mean they would have to beat Vasilevsky in a series-clinching game, which, good luck. He's only been scored on once in six of them. Yeah. Can we also just laugh about the fact the last time that they were, like, the last time they lost a round in the playoffs was against Columbus Blue Jackets? They got and... swept by Bobrovsky after they were up, was it 3 nothing in the first? Something like that. And then they just... That Columbus team was like that was the year that they went all that was in the at Hail the trade Mary. deadline, and yeah. I loved it. Um, why can't I think of um, what player yeah, it Duchesne, was? Yeah, Duchesne. Duclair. He was literally traded when Columbus was in Ottawa, and he just walked to the visiting dressing room. Was it after practice or something like that? Something like, like that. I love it. And I'm glad that Yarmo Kekalainen is still there running the show and that the ownership kind of, they, they look at it and go, I had the feeling this year, the way that they played helped because mm-hmm. everybody before the season was like, so they're going to be at the bottom of the league with Arizona. And for a while until injuries caught up with them, mm-hmm. they were fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. They had almost, I think they were the most, if they weren't the most, they were really close to the most, amount of time missed due to injury um this season um and not to mention uh elvis merzlikens was very good he found a new gear he found a new way uh to play the game this year and as much as yes they didn't do great like the way i look at it is you've got philly with carter hart and again we said it last episode i'll say it again that poor kid um and Merz Lincoln's just... mentally, he it, he even said he wasn't all there this year because he was constantly well, thinking about, yeah, and there was the, the PTSD from the cannons because of the uh, the fireworks. Um, that story, uh, there's, if you don't know that story, it is one of the craziest and then heroic things you'll you'll read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why Merz Lincoln's, Merz Lincoln's changed his number. Yep. Um, he wants. Yeah. He he said that I want to play well enough that they are forced to retire this number. It is not yeah. my number, but they have to retire it. And I think no matter what, they will. Um, mm-hmm. Especially since you've got Rick Nash as a part of the like management group there, he'll make sure that 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 happens. I wouldn't even be surprised if they decide to do that um, long before uh, Merzlikens' career is is ended i i wonder if there's just a couple loopholes or legal things they have to to walk through first before they can but yeah um back to the game um no like columbus has a good shot next season so long as they continue if they do some off-season moves if they do some you know little bit of cleaning up here and there they have found gold out of players that you didn't think were even you you just wouldn't expect it from them um and like you've got such young talent on there, I believe Texier is still on that team, and that that kid can fly. He's what got did, a lot of skill. That trade that the uh, the line eight uh, PLD trade, 
I think that has worked out better for Columbus than people expected. Like line a seems like he's going to be back. He is absolutely adored by that Columbus crowd. Um, and Hexier, yeah, like- he's he started to get going, and then he really got going. Isn't he a Columbus kid too? So it's it's a lot more fun for him. I think he's French. I'll look it up. But no, and I think one of the things with Line A is, I mean, obviously there were the talks about how um, you know Fortnite was getting in the way of things. He was he was playing games too much, which sure, um, that also falls on the coach. That co- falls on the staff. That falls on the team. It's if you see a player sliding and yes, it's still his responsibility ultimately to be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be playing games until like four in the morning before a hockey game. I have to play that I get paid so much money to play for. Um, But at the same time, there's, there's an accountability on the, on the team as well to call him out and be like, you gotta stop. Um, And I feel that like in Columbus, they were like they did in a respectful way probably and they also let him be himself you see his outfits when he's coming in he looks like a villain in every single like action movie and i love it give me more of that they're letting him be him and i think that's why he's doing so well is he's actually able to be the patrick line he wants to be which he wasn't able to do in winnipeg and yeah i just think that it makes sense and I want to correct myself because I, I had two players confused because when the trade happened for Line A and PLD, Texier was essentially called up in that time. Uh, yes. Jack Roslovic was the Roslevic, traded player. Yeah. He is from Columbus. So I, I had everything, just the wrong player. And for those playing the home game, um, Texier, uh, do you want to guess where he was born? France. Yeah, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah, thanks, NHL 22. <laughs> <laughs> Him and like what two or three other players in the NHL, right uh, now? Belmar. Yeah, Pierre Edward uh, yeah. Belmar, and yeah. there's uh, I think there's one more. I can't remember who right now. I don't know, but that sounds like a game that we need to play in the off season. Of where are they born? <laughs> <laughs> but it'll have to be names where it's like he has to. No, oh, okay, Canada. Okay, I did not see that one coming. Yep. Yep. But. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited for this offseason, actually. Like, weirdly excited for this offseason. Um, because... There's going to be a lot of, I think, move. Like, we've seen some movement in the past. I think there's going to be a ridiculous amount of movement. And I, mandatory everything, I, everything I've heard is that these guys won't be touching their second overall pick. Seems like they, they're going to keep it. They're going to use it. Um, well, because it's I'm either going to be Shane Wright or Slavlovsky. Slavlovsky. And he's looked good. Oh, my goodness. I told you. I told you <laughs> You're like, so long he's ago. My, he's my favorite player on NHL 22. He, I, I always draft him. So, well, no, I don't always draft him because by that time he's already drafted. But um, I've been playing the franchise mode just because I've kind of mentioned this a few times, so I'll at least mention it. Been playing the franchise mode. Um, I don't know if you, if anybody who's listening has listened to uh, Steve Dangle podcast in the past. Uh, Jesse Blake does something similar as well with the Leafs trying to win them a cup. What I like to do because I'm not streaming and I don't care. Um, <laughs> 
while doing the franchise mode is I'll play either games on Saturdays or I'll play just division rivals just so I'm not just staring at a screen. So I'll play a couple games here and there. Um, and I choose a team that's in dire straits. So I was like, who's a bad team? Hmm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's because you kind of ran what you had like three cups in a row with Arizona and you're like, I'm yes. gone. Yeah, so I did three cups in a row with Arizona. Um, I went to Philly and they fired me because I made too many moves. And they're like, we don't like you. Um, they fired Sounds me and like got picked Philly. up. By, yeah, exactly. Got picked up by New Jersey. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Slavlowski or however you pronounce his last name. Um, big player, really strong and just develops really well in the game. And that I was like, you should watch this kid. I think he's going to be better than you expect. And I mean, you could tell every world. time he was on the ice for the because uh, well, he's for a tank. He's, he's so big. He looked. He looks like a man playing with children, just because he's that much bigger. And I mean, yeah, it's the only thing that I've seen a lot of downside. But it is kind of what you want. Is he does play with an edge. He does tend to um, yeah, go in the penalty box a little bit more than you'd like. Mm-hmm. But. Devils have centers. We're we're pretty good on our top six for centers. We're in dire need of somebody on the wing who's going to be able to also be a force because, I mean, there's Holt. He's coming up, but he's still a smaller guy as well. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes number two. I hope he does. I hope so I, for you too. Uh, and it's the question would be, would he start to play with the Devils immediately? I think that it, it could be a crazy year where we could have him, Holtz, and Luke Hughes all kind of developing at, at the same, same time. time. Uh, either uh, Hughes apparently might stay in college, and if he does, probably good for him, honestly. Yep. Um, but uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, by the way, um, I'm not wearing, I was going to wear my Canada jersey, but forgot. Uh, Canada in the um, World Championship, they were down 3 nothing to Sweden yeah. in the third came back to win 4-3 in overtime. That is four years in a row. Canada has won their quarterfinal game in overtime. Unreal. I love it. Um, and and um, another Ottawa Senator eliminating a team that we have seen in the past 30 days because we saw Nick Paul, former yeah. Ottawa Senator, remove the toronto maple leaves and then we saw drake wait, Batherson. Wait. can i can i just dig the knife a little bit more here pat yeah um do you know how the game winning goal happened in overtime oh who did it deflect off of nylander took a penalty ah it was a fire it was the the overtime power play and of course nylander scored a goal earlier in the game to make it two nothing for sweden so i normally don't watch i've actually been watching a little bit of it because it's well, on my normal shift, it's kind of on during the day, so I've been watching that. But yep. Canada moves on, and then because of some other things happening in the bracket, we end up with the lesser opponent. But mind you, Canada hasn't played the greatest in this tournament, so instead of having to play Finland, I believe we play Czechia, who we'll probably have trouble with. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. By the time our next episode airs, that tournament will be done. And crazy to think that we're like two months away from gearing up for the World Juniors again. Yeah, uh, it's crazy to think that in, like, five days, it's June. So I'm not ready for my wife's birthday. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, uh, I, I do want to point out um, 
that I really love how little we talked about the Rangers and Canes because are you bored of that series? Is that just an uninteresting series to you? I think because you have the sweep that happened, which was fun, and then there was strippers involved. Um, I, I'm being serious as well with that one. <laughs> Apparently the four players between game three and four were at strip clubs. Um, you've got the craziest Battle of Alberta series ever, which five minutes into that game, nobody has scored. So did That's they actually miracle. start the hockey game? And then just hat tricks galore, it seems, in the Colorado-St. Louis. I'm not even going to mention the the aside stuff there. It's it's just been a crazy series aside from that. And, like, and then I how long ago did I say that the Rangers are carried by their goalie and they suck? Mind you, I, I did call them at the time. They were the Edmonton Oilers of the East. Uh, the Oilers are getting goaltending, and they can score. Mm-hmm. And their defenders are actually doing things. The Rangers are the worst team remaining in the playoffs. And they were probably one of the worst teams out of the 16 that made it in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, Florida. They almost lost to an AHL goaltender. The only reason New York moved happen. on was because Truba took out Sidney Crosby. Any, yes. any other team of, honestly, I believe this. If the New York Rangers played any of the other 15 teams, if the conferences didn't matter, they wouldn't have moved on. Maybe Nashville. That would, okay, one. Any team would have beat Nashville without them having UC Soros, let's be honest. I mean, Ingram did a pretty good job for being put in a position that he wasn't ready to be in. Yeah, well, and then, of course, you're going up against Colorado, who they're... And Makar, like, literally setting defenseman records, so... And then disappearing. It it wasn't so... I don't think he so much disappeared in that St. Louis basically threw everything that they had at him, which is why you're seeing some of the other players getting a bit more of the... bit more on the score sheet. Because it, yeah. it feels like it's been a while... Like, Bednar literally swapped the centermen for the, uh, for the lines to try and get things going. That's what got Kadri his hat trick. What does he do? Mm-hmm. Swept them back next game. McKinnon gets his hat trick. Mind you, McKinnon kind of just willed those goals in by himself. But Jesus, he was crazy. <laughs> Going back, like if you haven't seen that goal, um, I think this a great place to end this. If you haven't seen that goal, um, McDavid's full speed spinorama is a sight to behold. This is. This was McDavid-esque, but with that, like, McKinnon level. He just skates so angry. He's like Dreisaitl when he doesn't have a foot injury. He yeah. just He skates so angry looking. It's just and... like, it just, it looks like power on skates. Whereas McDavid looks, like, smooth. Like, he's very yeah. smooth. And, like, it's almost like an elegance, really. Like The way that he moves on the ice. You can't tell when McDavid's going to go from, like, coasting speed to ridiculous speed. McKinnon, you can literally see like he just like hunches down, and that means he's going to get better aerodynamics to go faster. I yeah. don't know how he did that. Deke in did did he end up scoring it between his legs? It looked like it, or at least the like, second goal. The, the second goal, the he did this one. weird. The second goal, he did this weird thing where he kind of shot it from behind himself. Yeah. It went up and it bounced in. And I mean, as much as yes, it was a deflection off his chest. That was still a remarkably good play. Um, but the second one, no, he just, he undressed Nick Letty. Like 
he didn't even need to like it could have just been a completely empty sheet of ice um but no i mckinnon did something wonderful there it was like you were saying so you've got mcdavid you know he's going to be able to turn on the jets whenever and it's just like okay when's it going to happen where's mckinnon it's that meme of that guy turning back to the camera and there's a tornado coming at him and it's like <laughs> it's coming it's that exact meme you see it happening you know you're going to get hit by it and you're not going to have anything you can do about it and it's because he'll also run you over as he's doing it which is the fun part about watching mckinnon um yeah. i think we got to wrap it up there pat um we'll rapid fire top top of the head uh edmonton calgary tonight who wins it uh i think don't think <sighs> just say my brain says calgary my heart says edmonton does carolina end at new york no does colorado end it in st louis no will carolina win game seven yes will colorado win game seven no all right so the abs pat's got the abs going out uh so we will end it there uh i guess it's kind of tradition pat anything you want to add before we head out uh no i just <laughs> just just be nice people come on like i'm both of us we we sit all day um and we look at social media it's part of our job um we have to we have to be really tied to social media and everything that's going on to it that's why we talk so much about what we've seen and this week has been really hard i think for a lot of people for unfortunately so many reasons and we don't have to go too deep into it because i think every no matter what something came to someone's mind when they heard that um just a bit more kindness in everybody's life, a bit more grace to people. Everyone's going through things and just give a window of kindness and just, just, I don't know, please. If you, if you are struggling, especially after this week, it's been such a hard week for myself. And I think for so many other people, please, if you are struggling, reach out to people, find support numbers, no matter where you live, just, Find a person that you can sit down and have a really honest conversation with and just say, hey, I'm not doing okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. Hug your loved ones. It's been a hard week, but we can all be better. We can all do better. <laughs>